Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. This is the end of our series, The Purpose of Prayer and Fasting. But next week, you need to mark your calendar, bring your Bible, bring a friend, because we start off with a new series, and it's called Necessary Endings. And we can never go into the future that God has for us until we have some endings right now in our present. And I don't want to just kind of hop, skip, and jump into my future. I want to go with intention, with purpose, And I cannot do that if I just don't let go of some things in the past. For example, you can't go to middle school if you're always holding on to elementary. And you'll never go to high school if you're living in middle school. And you'll never go to college or into the employment, the career that God has for you if you don't let high school go. And I don't want to be the guy still living in 1980 like I'm still in high school wearing a Letterman's jacket and it's 2022. Take that jacket off. God has something new and better for you doesn't fit you anyway okay and so today we are going to finish our series on the purpose of prayer and fasting and today we want to speak about leading with God now right now is and we are open to Romans 828 I would say this there's so many things in our world that are out of control And if there's one thing that I learned during the last two years of this pandemic, two years, is that there's very little in my control. But there's one that I can control, and that is me. When I got married, I think one of the reasons I married Becky, she was sweet, she was petite, she floated like a butterfly. I didn't realize she'd sting like a bee. And I actually thought I would be able to control her. Can I tell you, God didn't give the woman to man for her to control the man. God gave the woman to the man. Did I say, am I saying this right? I don't even know. The woman's going to control. Let me just say that. (laughs) And so for me, and I want to ask you this question, who is controlling your life? Another one way to say it, this is the key to my Volvo. Uh, Who is in the driver's seat of your life? Let's ask it this way. What area in your life area that you're not in control? And I want you to know when you're not in control, the devil is in control. But when we yield to higher authority, that is the lordship of Jesus Christ, we come under his authority. And there is a fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And self-control comes because we've yielded, we've surrendered under the authority of Jesus Christ. And you may want to write this down. We're talking about leader leading with God. And you may want to chat it if you're online. And leadership is control.
control. I don't know if you've ever heard, man, they're so controlling. Well, really, in one sense, to be a leader, there is going to be some part of control. And you go, well, I'm not a boss. I'm not a CEO. I don't lead an organization. I sometimes lead a group. I'm a member on a team. Can I say there is always one that you will lead? And the way you lead this one will determine where your leadership goes, whether you're leading for yourself or you're leading for God. And you are the person and I am the person that we are called to lead. And I want to say this, when I am not being under, I mean, under the leadership of God, I'm driven and I'm not led. And we can't lead if we're driven. I remember when I was first in ministry, I screamed out, and I thought the Lord, because the church was kind of funky. It was a good church, but it's run by humans. And so you know what they say, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you're going to mess it up. And so leadership comes with humanity, which comes with faults and weaknesses. And so I shouted out, the, the Lord's driving me. And I was rebuked, adjusted by a, a leader in my life. And they said, no, that's not biblical because the devil will drive you God always leads you. I want to be led by God, not driven by the world, culture, mass, no mass, what's happening in the world. I want God to lead me. Can you say amen? And I want you to write this down. How we or you lead yourself will determine whether you are led by the spirit or driven by the devil. And I don't want to be driven by culture or things that are on the outside. And I've seen people that are driven. Maybe it's career. Maybe Maybe it's life. Maybe it's their vision board. And it's like chasing a mirage in the desert. They will never really get there. I want to be led. I do not want to be driven. Now, I'm getting ready to read Romans 8, 28. So you're going to look at your verse. And here we go. And we know, because we're talking about the purpose of prayer and fasting. And purpose is defined the reason uh, why something exists. We could say this, this is the reason we're breathing. And it says, and we know that all things work together. And I'm reading right there in Romans 8, 28. Uh, all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So not all things work together for the good. You have to be in a relationship with God and you're called according to his purpose, the call, not a call. So it's the church is a part of the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? Write these four things down. Number one, to be in a relationship with him. That is God's purpose. It's unconditional. Some people take uh, Romans eight twenty nine and they begin to say God's choice or election of us is unconditional. I don't know if that's what that passage is saying. The only thing that's unconditional is God's purpose for all of humanity throughout all of time before creation began and that's number one that we would know God we would be in a relationship with God in Westminster Catechism says this that our chief aim in life is not only to be in a relationship with God know God but to enjoy him number two is we are called to have character and not our character but the very likeness of God the character of God so I guess we could say we need to know God and we want to become like God and remember character is when who we are on the inside is congruent 
congruent or the same with who we are on the outside. Our reputation is who people think we are. Our character is who we really are. Actually, I thought Becky crushed it last week. And I want to say when she began to speak about bearing fruit with God and for God, I don't know anyone, truly, and I know a lot of people, too many, I don't know anyone who bears more fruit with God and for God than my wife. And we are called to be fruitful. And then today, really, we're called to lead. We're called to be in leadership with God. Now, I want you to think about this. You may want to write this down. We will never become, that means have character. We will never lead. We will never bear fruit unless we are in a relationship with God. Did you hear that? We're not going to bear fruit with and for God if we don't know God. We will never become like God. That's character unless we are in a relationship with God. And the way we come into a relationship with God, really get this, it's very important. There's only one way. Many people think, no, there are many ways to God. You could go on the beach and rub a stone and you could get to God. You could walk on the mountains and, and try to touch the sky and you could get to God. No, there's only one way to get to God and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how we enter a relationship with him. Can you say amen? And I want you to go now to Genesis 128. It's the very first book in the Bible, the first chapter in the Bible. And again, the basis of entering a relationship with God is through the lordship of Jesus Christ. So there is no other way that we come into a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say this before we read this next scripture. I believe with everything that's within me, and I could blog about it. I could tweet it, TikTok it. I believe the greatest need in our nation right now is leadership. We need leadership. We need leadership in the American home. We need leadership at the state level. We need leadership in Washington, D.C. We need leadership in the church. God is looking for leadership. I believe God is looking throughout the entire planet, six and a half billion people, almost seven billion, looking to show himself strong to those who come under his leadership. And I believe personally it's the greatest need in the church today is leadership. Now, a lot of people hear me, hear me, they have anointing. They could even have fruit. They can know God and have a relationship with God. They could even have their inside and their outside become one or congruent. But I would say for that to be long lasting, then we're going to need to surrender our lives to a higher authority, a higher power. And I've seen people say, no one's going to control me. I've seen women say this, no man's going to control me. Men say, no woman's going to control me saying my parents aren't going to control me. I've seen women control men, men control women, children control their parents. People could be controlled by mandates, by alcohol, by addiction, by their career, by money. Can I make it clear today someone is going to control us. Jesus Christ is the only one who will control us and not destroy us. Can you say 
Yeah. And so I want us to read right now. We're going to read Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 28. How many of you ever heard of this statement? Rules without relationship breeds rebellion. Meaning if you're a parent out there, before you slap on a bunch of rules to your teenagers... Begin to build a healthy relationship because without the relationship, they're going to just see you as their coach, their teacher. And, and can I say, I want to, let me just detour a little bit. If you're parenting teenagers, God has not called you to be your teenager's best friend. You are called to be their mom and their dad. You are called to be their parent. And, and so I want to have a relationship with them when I say there is a rule, a limitation, a restriction that they're not going to rebel against that. So we have heard of that. Is that not right? Rules without relationship breeds rebellion. Well, I want to say this. Relationships without rules or limitation brings dissatisfaction it brings chaos it brings dysfunction yeah i don't know if you've heard of people there's a new concept out there in the dating stratosphere and it's called open relationships you know we love each other but we have each other's approval we can see anyone we want ha 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 that would never work with becky maria chauvin fuquay <laughs> babe i love you i love you i love you okay i'm gonna have a relationship with 10 other people i'll tell you right now what she would say to me see ya don't wanna be ya can i say it right now we, it, it is not true that you can have a lifelong, satisfying, fulfilling relationship without some boundaries, without some limitation. And we love stating things, rules without relationship is rebellion, yes? And a relationship without a boundary is chaos, is dysfunction. It is going to break us, our marriage, our home, and our nation. So God obviously wanted a relationship with humanity. And so what he did, he said, set up a boundary and he said of all the trees in the garden you may eat of every tree except of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for in the day that you eat of that tree you will surely die which doesn't mean to be separated I mean to cease to exist it means to be separated meaning that relationship is going to be broken and it's going to need repair so we need to understand why we need leadership or the lordship of jesus christ so let's begin to read this is genesis 26 27 and let us make man in our image in our likeness so god created them in the image and the likeness of god and he said have dominion over the fish over the birds over every creeping things and if you're a lady if you know a creep you have dominion over that creep Oh my gosh, why do I always say that? Anyway, we're at verse 28. Here goes, then God blessed them. And God said to them, I want you to get this divine order. Please write these words down. I want you to pay attention. I want you to circle them in your Bible. And here it goes, be fruitful and multiply. So never multiply unless you're fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply, then fill. So did you get those three words? We're fruitful. And it didn't say do fruit. You can't do fruit. 
You could do hamburger. You could do an impossible burger. I had some Christians that I ran into during the Daniel fast, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Go, yeah, I'm just doing vegetables. I said, but I see you ate a hamburger. Yeah, it's an impossible burger. And I go, that's impossible, you know. And, and so we're never called to do fruit, but to be fruitful. So it says, be fruitful, then multiply. Look at the next one and fill the earth and get this next one, subdue it. So you got be fruitful. Did you get that? Multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. That's the next and last word. So we're fruitful, we multiply, we fill, we subdue, and we have dominion over the fish, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so, I, again, God's design for you and I, as far as leadership, leadership can be wrapped up in these words found in some of the first words in the Bible. Number one, we need to be fruitful. Is I believe one of the bases for leadership isn't our IQ, isn't sometimes our emotional intelligence, isn't even our portfolio. Are we fruitful? Now, let me just say this. You and I were created to be fruitful. The question isn't if you're going to be fruitful or I'm going to be fruitful. What type of fruit are we going to bear? You see, there is a fruit of the spirit, but then there's a fruit fruit of the human nature. There's a fruit of leading yourself and not being led by God. And I would say the greatest sign of Jude leading Jude, you know, I'm the master of my own truth. The number one sign of that is there indefinitely is going to be an area in my life that gets out of control. And when you're out of control, God is not in control and the devil's in control. And we will be people who are driven and I don't want to live that way but there is a fruit of coming under now Becky and I I know no one believes this when I say this they go Pastor Jude do you and Becky argue never I don't know why I'm doing the whispering thing today Never, okay? But we do have serious discussions that start on Monday and they end on Friday, amen? And you say, why do your discussions take so long? Because we both love being right. How many of you love being right? Come on, if you're watching online, just type right now, text, being right. How many of you would choose being right over being blessed? Oh, come on. And I felt like, you know, honestly, I'm coming to a point. Do you want to debate her for 50 hours? Yes. You know, because I'm right and she thinks she's right. But can I say to be right all the time is not healthy. I want to surrender to the one who is right. I'm not trying to live just my truth. And I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. I am trying to live the truth to discover who Jesus Christ is. And I want to bring my truth into and under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So I want, to, I want you to say these words with me. Say be fruitful. Say multiply. I, I want you to know I really was thinking I had the best two days last week. And Lori, you're going to know. You're going to smile with me. This is better than going to Disneyland. It's better than eating chocolate cake. Last week, our team for two days went to the Father's House Church Conference, 
And Chad Deach was there. Alex and Henry Seeley were there. It was probably the best, not probably, it was the best church conference I've ever been to. In the first night, Lori, I started crying like a big baby. But these tears were not tears of sadness. It was tears of overwhelming joy. Is my boy, but he's not a boy anymore. He's 32 years old. He's married to Sierra. They're youth pastors at the father's house. And he got up, and you could ask any of the staff members. He stood on a platform. He began to make a transition. He led in generosity. And I'm telling you, I started weeping, and my face was shining like the sun itself. And in that moment, I heard God say to me, hey, 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 I'm not waiting until I get to heaven to stand before God for him to say, good job, my good and faithful servant. And I believe one of the tests for him to say that for any believer is not only accepting or believing in Jesus, but your life and my life become fruitful and that fruit multiplies. And so when I saw Becky and I's life, our relationship multiplied, Multiplied, really birthed in Jude. I'm telling you, I started weeping. But Jake was there, our youngest, who's a youth pastor. And he was leading. And I'm telling you, I began to get happy. You know what makes this day so good? They are going to have six people that are baptized. And that is showing we don't exist just to get together and have good music and a good motivational sermon. We exist to be fruitful. Then we want to multiply. Come on. Are you with me on that? But please don't multiply yourself if you're not if you are not fruitful. I don't know if you've ever seen a parent. Have you ever seen a teenager that's weird? Oh my gosh. I love our youth, you know, city youth going, oh yeah, yeah, we've seen a bunch. I was a youth pastor for a quarter of a century. All I can tell you, if you have a weird kid on your hand, go home and you'll see he has weird parents. Amen? No. No. Come on. Maybe. Don't you dare multiply who you are until you're born again and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ because the fruit God is looking for isn't just anointing, isn't just religion, isn't just gift and grace and prosperity. He is looking for a group of people that together and individually come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and together we bear fruit of knowing him and his Lordship. Can you say amen? So write the words down, write the words down. Be fruitful, multiply, fill. Come on, we want to fill the earth. The earth is filled with a lot of stuff today. Come on, filled with fear, filled with violence, filled with confusion, filled with immorality. Oh my goodness. The whole world calls up, down, and down, up, and wrong, right, and right, wrong. People are confused. Why? And I'm not against someone discovering their truth and attempting to live their authentic self. However, if there's a part of my truth and my authentic self that harms, rejects, or separates myself from God and other people, I need to lay that truth down and accept a higher truth. Amen? Amen. Don't make me preach up in hell. I'm sitting down. Everyone say amen. amen. 
So it's be fruitful, multiply, fill. Now, this is the word I want you to get, subdue. I want you to write that down, subdue. I just want you to write that down, subdue. Now, the word subdue means to come under. All right, notice what I did with my hand. Isn't that funny? I think I'm trying to be a sign interpreter. Come under under you know did you hear that okay let's play some word pictures okay i'm gonna pretend you're like jack and rio and the kids okay uh when you see the word submarine what do you think you think of a vessel that's under the water okay let's do another one if you go to new york city and you get on the subway what is the first picture that comes to your mind it is a train that's under the ground now where we get subway sandwiches is they used to sell sandwiches in the subway which is a train under the ground okay let's do another one how about substitute teacher the way i said that <laughs> was funny substitute teacher what is that it's a teacher they're not the real teacher, but they come under the authority of the teacher. Now, so when you hear the word subdue, so it's fruitful, multiply, lead, okay, I mean fill, then subdue, then you have victory, dominion, or conquest. You and I will never have victory in that area of our life until we surrender that area of our life. My favorite scripture for all husbands, if you're going to be a husband, you are a husband, you want to be a husband it's my favorite one it's my all-time go-to favorite scripture especially when strong-willed becky's wanting to do her own thing i love quoting ephesians chapter 5 wives submit and and i and you know what submission means remember sub is under so mission means to come under the mission i said babe that is totally out of line you need to come under no come on but what it says right before, can I just say, right before that verse, submitting to one another. And we will never submit to one another until we have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I am grieved. I am hurt. I am sad. I am bewildered at government in our nation today where they can't yield to one another. Can you please get along, surrender to one another, surrender, and maybe some good policies could come about. But you know what I think the challenge is? The challenge isn't the political promises. The challenge is come on America we need leaders if you're going to lead us you need to have an encounter with the leadership of Jesus Christ is that not good how can you surrender to one another if you're not submitted to God? And, and so subdue literally means to come under. Then we have victory. Write the word down, dominion. That means you conquer it. And can I say you're either conquer or you're going to be conquered? Hear me. It's either going to take you out or you're going to take it out. There's no such thing as one little bit pet problem. Just kind of keeping it on the DL. It will rise up one day and destroy us if we don't bring it under a higher power, a higher authority, and that is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to write these four things down. When it comes 
to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I want to give you four things, and then we're going to read in Matthew chapter 8. So remember, bring a friend, bring a Bible. So go to Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse 8. Before we do, I want to give you these four things. Number one, God's leadership is personal. You could say it this way, Lordship is personal. He may be the Lord of your wife's life if he's the Lord of your life. He may be the uh, Lord of your husband's life. Is he the Lord of your life? It's personal. Leadership, it requires response. There's no such thing as lordship without responding to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Number three, really get this. Leadership is not only personal, it requires a response. Get this. Leadership, let's say it this way, lordship demands submission. That's where we get the word subdue. It demands it. It's not an option. It demands it. And it's like buying a car and you have the option of having a sunroof or not. You have the option of having cloth seats or leather seats. There's no options in this relationship. Jesus is Lord and it demands that we submit and we surrender. And the last one would be this, God's leadership or lordship produces rest please get this in the last two years i was going to say two months dear god i wish it had been two months there's where it's been out of control and people have lost their rest can i tell you no mandate no virus no pandemic can cause us to lose our rest only not surrendering to the lordship of jesus christ will cause us to lose our peace can you say amen now, I want to read, and I've highlighted in my Bible. You may want to do the same thing. Isn't that cool? The one book you get to really color in. So here it goes. We're going to start with verse 8. It says, the centurion is just a Roman uh, soldier. He probably had at least 600, maybe more, up to thousands of soldiers underneath him. Then the centurion said, Lord, please underline that word, Lord. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under, underline the word under. Remember what I told you? Subdue means to come under, submarine, under, uh, subway, under, substitute, under, submission, under. Lord, I'm not worthy to come under. Okay, get this. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. So I want you to put under, then put my roof if you're taking notes or if you're chatting. Under and put my roof. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. That you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man, get this, that word comes up again. You've got to get it in these two verses, under authority. So right there in the Greek, we see Matthew who wrote this. It says, under my roof, under authority, under my roof, under authority. So you and I can know right now as a casual Bible reader or a new student of the Bible that we're coming under, when it says come under my roof, it's meaning to come under a higher authority. Then it begins to describe what that looks like. Let's read that. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus 
Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel. So can I say right now, Jesus connects great faith with lordship. Jesus connects great faith, not with miracles, not with that you got all that you prayed for in 2021, but that the greater the submission, the greater the faith. I guess we could say the opposite, little faith, weak faith, ineffectual faith, let's slow down, say it, inoperative faith would say it this way, does not submit. You could believe and have a dream board to the end of the galaxies, but if your life and your dream is not surrendered to Jesus Christ, then there is little faith. Now, I want the band to come up, and this is where we're going to end today. Number one, throughout the Bible, uh, lordship has been personal. I want you to think of Moses. Moses was 40. He left Egypt. He's 80 years old. He's a shepherd. He's in Midian. He's in the wilderness. He goes up to the mountain, Mount Horeb, and to get one of his father-in-law's animal sheep. And there is a bush that is on fire. It's not consumed. He turns aside and get this, in the bush, if you read it slowly, it says these words, the angel of the Lord was in the bush. And guess what? You see, we could believe in Jesus as healer. We love this one. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on, Jesus. Give me whatever I want. We like Jehovah, our friend. Jesus, our friend. Before he could be savior, healer, deliverer, I mean, provider, he has to be Lord. He has to be Lord. Now get this. Moses turned and he saw the Lord. And you know what? The first response, remember, I'm come under my root. I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, I used to love it when the boys were in wrestling. They knew, come here now or it's going to be a problem later. Come on, have you ever had kids and you can instruct them with your eye? What's the first thing God says? Moses turned, oh, show me your dream board. Show me your prayer list. Hi guys, it's me, the Lord in the fire. Take off your shoes. I like my shoes. Take them off. You're on holy ground. Remember Balaam? He was on a donkey. This is Shrek before Shrek. And the donkey sees not an angel, the angel of the Lord. And the donkey goes, oh, this ain't no ordinary angel. This is the creator of the angel. So the donkey goes off the road. Balaam slaps that donkey. He must have been from Louisiana beating your animals like that. That was weird. I should have said it. I need a hint. So then the angel crushes his foot on a wall. Not the angel, the donkey. I'm the donkey. Jesus is the angel. Amen. The donkey then sits down. And Balaam just starts reacting. Can I say right now, when you don't understand what's going on in the world, in your life, look for the Lord. And the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and the donkey really sounded 
like Eddie Murphy. No. He said, I've been so good to you. And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw, get this, the angel of the Lord. Remember Joshua, he's getting ready to go in the promised land. They're going to circle around Jericho seven days on the seventh day, the seventh time. The night before, he was like the boys before a football game or a wrestling match, trying to get psyched up. The angel of the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army appears. And Joshua kind of does what we do before we meet the Lord. A lot of believers are in this position. And this is why there's no leadership. Are you for me or against me? Oh, you didn't answer my prayer. You must be against me. Oh, you answered my prayer. You must be for me. Oh, I got the job. Oh, you must be for me. Oh, the door is shut. Oh, you must not be for me. And so that's what I, hey, are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? Are you for me or against me? The angel of the Lord says, neither. Take off your tevas, remove those hugs. I am the Lord. And can I say right now what God is asking every one of us? He's not going to sit in the back seat of your life. Hey, hey, you, you missed the exit. He's not even going to call shotgun. To make it with Jesus Christ and to lead. We're going to have to say here is the keys to my life. And if you want to drive slow, I will try not to tap my foot when I call shotgun. If you want to take the scenic route, which I don't like because I want to get to my dreams really quick, I'm going to be patient. Here, God, here is the keys to my life. And you know what they say? We will know when Jesus is truly leading us, is the Lord of our life, when he tells us no and we obey him. That is lordship. When I want to go this way because I think it's my truth, then all of a sudden the truth, Christ, who's a person, comes and saying, no, that is not for you. Can I say if you're single, for goodness sakes, remain single. Because when you get married, you are going to be tested by the lordship of Jesus Christ every day. You're going to have to yield and you're going to have to hear a remote. Oh my goodness, not today though. There's a big gang coming. Amen. Will you stand up? Okay, I need it in. Good Lord, and it's so big. The time's right there. You're over. It's out of time. Okay, here we're, this is where we're at. Do you have any area of your life that you do not have full control over? If that is you, I want you to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. Becky and I are really good people. I know that sounds odd, but genuinely we are. We love God and we love one another. But we're both kind of obstinate. And when we do get in one of those disagreements, have you ever said this? I say it. I say it too many times. I'm never, ever, ever, 
as if saying it three times with intensity is going to make it a reality. I'll never bring this up to you again. Not even a full week will pass. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. And all of a sudden, and as I'm saying, it's like, I know this is going to push your buttons and this is going to be like a 30 minute experience. And you hear God saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Why don't you trust me? Why don't you yield that to me? So I'm asking, well, how many of you have an area in your life? Sometimes it's hard to control. I honestly think many things in our lives aren't wrong. They do become wrong and keep hand up and destructive when they're controlling us and we're not controlling them. And all I know, Jesus is the only one in the universe who will control me and not destroy me. He's not going to destroy me. And even though I may not understand what he's asking of me, I have to trust the Lord with all my heart. All I know, there was a career thief, a career thug said, Lord, remember me. And it changed his eternal destiny. I want us right now to think of that one area. And God, we come and we surrender control. God, we come now and we, as Paul said, will not be brought under the mastery of any. God, if we even have to uh, fast some, pray some, we're doing it, Lord, because we want to come under your authority. And God, even in like an anonymous program, we come and we take a first step and realize there is a higher power. We would say there is a God and there is an authority that we yield to and submit to and surrender to. And God, we would also say we are helpless to control this area of our lives without you. God, we desire victory. We desire to have dominion. God, we want to control this area, not be controlled. But God, it comes now. We surrender our lives. We surrender. Come on, surrender that one area right now. Is it your fear? Is it your personality? Is it whatever it is where you're out of control? Maybe it's intensity. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's in the mind. But right now, yield that to God. I want you right where you're at, begin to say, God, I give this area to you. God, I, I can't control it without you. I yield it to you. I surrender to Jesus Christ as my Lord. And I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart, I lean not to my own understanding. So right now, take 20 seconds, begin to yield that area right now. Come on, you may be Moses. You're not, see, this isn't just a spiritual phantom. It's the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Spirituality is really gauged, not by just the gifts of the Spirit, but by the submission and the surrender of a heart. Come on, will you come under? Will you, like the Roman centurion, say, Lord, I'm not worthy. None of us are worthy, but Christ makes us worthy. And when I feel unworthy in an area where I'm out of control, He is still worthy. And when we surrender, it shouts out, worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. One thing as we go into the second set, you may believe in Jesus, 
But I'm asking now, but you need to give Jesus the car keys to your life. Let me be specific. He wants access to every area of your life. Oh yeah, the basement, the closet, things you've hidden under the bed. Jesus wants to be master, Lord, and control every area of our lives. And I'm gonna count to three. And on three, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of all, everything in your life, from entertainment to money to friends to relationship, you're gonna put up your hand. So we're talking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ on three. One, you're gonna raise your hand. Two, three. Right now, I wanna make Jesus Lord. One in the back, thank you. Two in the back, three right there. Come on, online. Clap, stop, short. Thank you, ma'am. So everyone pray this, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you were crucified for me, you were raised from the dead, and I believe in my heart, and I surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.